Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. I've been driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. If I really thought this could be saved for $260,000, I would vote differently. But I do not. That was Allison Patton, city council member at the city council meeting, most recently talking about the proposed demolition of the Malcolm Young Gym, this beleaguered facility that uh, some people want to save and some people want to, well, everybody wants to save, I think. But it's a question of do they believe that it's feasible, viable, and is that the best use of the money that would be spent and or the property that would be available if the gym weren't there anymore? Uh, she, along with five other city council members, voted to demolish. Charles Bear voted to not demolish. Uh, a couple of them I read as being sort of in favor of preservation, or at least on the fence, and then switched to after more information. Basically, uh, Jen Brayer and Jared Moore switched their vote to be in favor of the demolition. Of course, a lot of people showed up and protested, complained, and now a um, uh, court order and asked for a petition, a temporary restraining order have all been filed. Uh, a couple of the folks who were involved in that effort are joining us now by phone. Teresa Hill, longtime resident, daughter of former city councilwoman Ann Hill, and a friend, personal friend for quite some time. Teresa, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News. Thank you, Andrew. Good morning. Always good to talk to you. And Fred Gunther, who is a local developer, he was also one of the people that showed up to talk about some of the sort of the practical elements of trying to rescue this particular building. Uh, he's not a longtime friend. He's a friend for five minutes. So nice to meet you, Fred. Welcome to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Morning, Andrew. Good morning. So let's start with you, Teresa. Uh, for people who haven't been following this, you guys obviously disagree vehemently with the decision that city council took. But there is a provision in the charter that allows citizens to go through a process to change a decision by city council if they disagree with it, right? That's correct. Uh, for me, this all started, you know, I think when I met you, when the John Sunday home was torn uh, down several years back. And I realized how quickly the simulation occurred. Did it over a three-day holiday weekend when the Blue Angels were flying, if you remember. And uh, so the restraining order that Mr. Green has filed pro se is simply to allow the citizens enough time to garner the signatures that we need, which uh, the number is 4138, uh, to place this item on a citywide referendum. You know, the, the, the House was packed. Uh, the majority of the people in that room at City Hall said they wanted to save it. And uh, at least to me, it didn't seem the council vote reflected the will of the people. Yeah, so if you get – and again, the way this works is if 10 people want to start a, a, a basically a protest against what city council does, you then would have 60 days to get 10 percent of the electorate, which you said is 4,100 people. If that happens, then it mm -hmm. goes to a citywide referendum where everybody gets to vote and 50 percent plus one decides whether to overturn or not. The additional challenge – and feel free to correct me if I get anything wrong um, – the additional challenge, though, is in the meantime, the gym has to be there. Otherwise, all of that is moot. So you have put in a temporary restraining order to stop the actual demolition, right? I have the summary so far? Correct. Jonathan Green has pro se. Oh, thank you. Th thank you. He's yes. put it in. Um, an additional wrinkle has to do with who has the authority to make these decisions, whether it is the council as council or the council as community redevelopment agency. And that's become a problem that you're also filing a legal uh, issue with. Is that right? 
Well, there were just a few uh, irregularities on the final page of the demolition contract that we noticed. And, and so, you know, we'll let them sort that out contractually at City Hall. But we just wanted to highlight that it didn't seem like there were the, the at least the city attorney was pushing back on the um, the contract a bit. So, um, you know, that there is it was the CRA working as council or was the council working as CRA. There's always a confusion there. I give props to Councilman Bear. I believe that having the city council as the same exact body as the CRA, the same set of seven eyes, I mean, it's just who you're just approving what you just approved. So it makes no sense. I think we should have a separate board. Yeah, same thing. I think it's weird both at the county and at the city. You know, it just it's kind of odd that this group pretends to be a different group when they're the exact same group sitting as the other group. You know, it's 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 a very odd situation. Um, Fred, Fred, you got involved in this because. You thought, well, is there any way to physically, practically, from an engineering perspective, make this happen? And you asked some folks, and they came back with a very inexpensive, compared to the millions of dollars option, for saving at least the bare bones of the structure, right? Yeah. uh, You know, I've got a son that's 12, and he loves basketball. Uh, And until he got involved a few years ago, I didn't realize what a shortage of gym space we have around here. Uh, that, you know, they had difficulty finding places to practice. So when I saw, uh, you know, it announced that the gym was going to be torn down, I called a structural engineer that I'd worked with in the past and said, look, you know, how can we save this thing? And he had worked with this quake wrap uh, method, which is um, fiber-reinforced polymers, which is essentially like, uh, something like carbon fiber uh, and epoxy that they use to wrap the arches. They remove any rot and that kind of thing and uh, use epoxy to fill any voids and that kind of thing. And uh, as they would say, you know, think of it as a moldable piece of steel that you wrap the, uh, the blue lamb arches with and uh, essentially makes it stronger than the day they were built. And the price tag on that is surprisingly low, right? Like under $250,000? Yeah, correct. And, I mean, uh, don't, you know, and that's actually the the guaranteed maximum price. There's, uh, you know, if there's not a lot of work to be done inside, it could actually be lower than that. Okay. And as I, again, it's injection, it's making the thing, it's filling the holes, the crevices, the rot, getting rid of all that and putting in there something, this epoxy substance, which would be, as you say, presumably maybe even better than the original wood that it was made out. It's very interesting. Uh, we're talking yeah. to uh, Fred Gunter. Yeah, Go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Teresa, I know you said that, you know, the city council defied the will of the people or went against the will of the people is your view of this thing. And certainly I'm, you know, I believe in the process. You go, you ask for votes, you get 4,000, you know, and so forth. Fine. Um, but you did have six city council members who all said, no, we believe this makes the most sense, who have also looked at it. And at least by my count, two of them were kind of on your side before, and they switched Mm -hmm. votes after looking at the details. So what makes you think that you will be able to win in the long run and force city council to spend money this other way? Well, Andrew, uh, to me, it's because the information is not complete. We don't have a full picture. Um, the mayor is throwing out $3 million as his estimate for repairing the gym. However, there has not been an RFP sent out to, to confirm those numbers. He just 
is kind of uh, estimating that based on, you know, I'm sure some very educated guests with, with some some different people at the city. But that is to completely renovate it back into a brand new building. This limited structural assessment, which was done, I believe, in April of last year, the recommendation there was for them to, to make the arches safe so that people could inhabit the building again, meaning the kids could come back and play. Um, that's what, and then at that point, the next step would be a full assessment to completely make it perfect, right? Um, but I don't think that um, you have to do all of that at once. You uh, Right now, we need to get it safe for uh, the gym, safe for people to come back in. So I just believe that the council did not quite have the full picture. And if they'd like the full picture, I think put it out for bid. Let's see how much it's going to cost to fix the arches. Let's take this in stages. We don't fix every single community center all at once at one time. Okay. And so I guess what I'm hearing in that, I'm also thinking about, wasn't the mayor's position that even getting it to be safe enough to go to the inspections and come back with the RFPs, that that would cost a pretty substantial amount of money? I may be wrong about that. That's kind of what I remember, though. No, I don't I believe I'll address, let Fred. Uh, oh, go ahead, Fred. Yeah. No, that's okay. I mean, the FRP method, they were able to, uh, with this quake wrap, they were able to wrap the exterior and 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 reinforce those arches uh, before uh, doing any work inside. So that eliminated okay. uh, the need for all that. I mean, I think the important thing to know is, you know, when a when a structural engineer says we don't recommend, you know, using this method to repair these arches. Uh, you know, typically a structural engineer would uh, get information uh, from the manufacturer on the products being used, talk to the general contractor, see how it's being applied, uh, even ask for any tests on the products to, you know, determine what loads they can bear and that kind of thing. Uh, and people assume when a structural engineer says, I'm recommending against this, uh, that they've done all those calculations. But the problem is, in this case, they have not. Um, you know, we called the, uh, the city's uh, structural glue lamb expert that they brought in, and their response was, look, uh, we just don't know enough about the application to recommend using it. And he said, look, it, you've got a structural engineer that, that is willing to certify this. The, the, basically, the owner of, of Quake Wrap is a certified structural engineer in the state of Florida, and he would certify it as safe, and that would be covered under his insurance. And he said, if you really wanted to, you, you could hire an outside engineer, you know, to verify uh, that it's, you know, will make it structurally safe. But if you did that, it would make sense to just use any number of reputable structural engineering firms that are already familiar with this product and have already done all those calculations. I have kind of a um, like a step back and ask sort of question. Uh, either of you can answer it. I don't know, if, uh, Teresa, you prefer. But is the effort here more towards historic preservation, or is the effort here more towards preserving the use of the facility? Which the reason I ask is because the use right now is kind of tied up in the lease with the Lighthouse Christian or whatever, too. So is there a – I mean, I, I assume both are factors for you, but which is more the factor? Okay, so a little loaded question for me because I'm obviously a preservationist, and, right. and and this this 
this gym, I mean, you had famous athletes who, who put Pensacola on the map come out of that gym. I mean, Reggie Evans, Georgia, and Derek Brooks. You also have, you know, the whole uh, groundbreaking ceremony. The mayor at that time said this was finally a dream true for the city of Pensacola because, which leads into your second point, we don't have, we didn't have the gym space adequate for our citizens in 1961 when this was built, and we don't now. Now, let me just clarify one other point for you. That Lighthouse Christian contract was not exclusive, okay? So the city of Pensacola still had programming at that time. We saw senior pickleball three days a week in that gym within the last year and a half. Uh, We've seen volleyball camps. We've seen tutoring. So that is a a misunderstanding that's out there. Lighthouse had a non-exclusive use of that gym. It was not a one-trick pony there. So I just wanted to clarify that. Okay. No, that's great. So I think – and and I know – the claim was that only about 10%, I forget who said it in the meeting, that about 10% of that facility is being used currently by the public. Um, but that fits with the non-exclusive. It's just a question of how much other use would be available to the public. But what I hear you both saying, um, feel free to correct me if I get any part of this wrong, is it's a historic structure d- deserving of historic preservation. If we can afford to, we can't afford to because a technology that the engineers had not been particularly familiar with is available to us for a guaranteed maximum cost of $240,000. Uh, we need to preserve gym space because even with this, we're still very short in the city of Pensacola. This will be uh, something yeah. towards that end, and the money is best spent on some combination of both goals on this particular project. Do I basically have it right? Absolutely. <laughs> I think you summed it up perfectly. That's my job. I'm the I'm the lawyer who's supposed to understand the things. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to the you know we'll look forward to hearing about the TRO. We'll look forward to hearing about the the effort to get the petition signatures in place, and then if you succeed at that, then and, to overturn the Willa Council. Sorry, t- uh, Teresa. Go ahead. Uh, t- SavePensacola.com. You can sign the online form, and we will bring you a ballot to uh, sign for the petition if you'd like to get this as a citywide referendum. SavePensacola.com. And I would say this, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but voting or putting your name on a petition is not the same as saying the city council was wrong. Putting your name on the petition would be a way of saying we want the people to make the decision, that which is not correct. necessarily the you same get thing. A- Right. Well, very good. Teresa Hill and uh, Fred Gunter. Fred, nice to meet you, Teresa. Always good to talk to you. Thank you for some time spending with me on this. Um, And I appreciate the, you know, definitely good information for all the people. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. You, You bet.